When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. And I am Greer McVeigh. And we are the Lemon Drop Sisters. How hey, are you? <laughs> I'm good. I am excited. It's the weekend is over. And most people don't say they're excited when the weekend is over. They're pretty much, oh my God, it's Sunday already. And that means tomorrow's Monday, which means going back to work. And yeah, I used to get, I wouldn't call it depressed, but certainly around about, you know, two o'clock on Sunday afternoon when the reality that it's winding down. It's especially bad when you've been on vacation and you're, okay, I'm going back home. I'm going back to, I gotta get ready for the week. And, but now that I work seven days a week, <laughs> it does, you know, I've got my day job during the week. I got my weekend gig, my side hustle, my, you know, my everything. And then, you know, it just, it doesn't end. So it just, it's all, it all runs it's, together. It's kind of a blur at this point, regardless of what you're doing. And the best thing I think possible is, and we talked about this a few episodes back when we talked about balance and integration and harmony, right, is to look at how you can integrate all of this so that you are still having opportunities to take care of yourself. So this weekend, I, I worked all weekend. I don't usually work all weekend. And when I say I worked all weekend, I mean, I worked Saturday and Sunday. Didn't work all day. I took a long nap yesterday, probably mm -hmm. a four hour nap and then- some Oh my other. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> four hour. That, that's like a whole full night of sleep for me. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, on Friday, I did the event for yeah. the launch of One Habit. 
and the new one habit book. And so it was a long was day. That one, one habit for entrepreneurs or one habit? That was for one, had, one habit for entrepreneurial success. And okay. so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And, and today's episode will be about habits. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But, you know, I realize, and I know you would know this and probably. Well, I know everything. <laughs> That's another story. I'm sorry. I thought we knew. I thought we were all clear on that concept. <laughs> But I'm sure, you know, our audience knows this as well, or has at least had experience with this, right? You have something coming, an event happening in your life, and you've got the build up, build up, build up. It comes, you're excited about it. And then when it's over, you sort of have a crash. And I, I had a, a little crash, not as big a crash as I've had in the past, so, you know, yesterday was a little bit, I got up, I had some things to do. And then in the middle of the day, I took some time. I didn't exactly sleep and nap the whole time, but I took some time in the middle of the day. I did fall asleep. And then I got back to um, managing a few things that I needed to manage. But the event, and thank you for being there and uh, being supportive for oh my the book gosh, launch. It was, it was fun. Are we going to talk about it? Do I have to stay quiet now? No, you don't have to, to stay quiet. It's out there. It's out there. Let's talk about it. Well, you know, well, I'll, I'll wait because I want to say something. Well, no, never mind. I was going to talk about my weekend, but I don't need to talk about my weekend because I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. But I did do one thing with my son and I'm excited about that, but maybe I'll wait to the end and I'll talk about that. Okay. Um, okay. But I will say, and this is maybe a good way to sort of segue into habits, but first of all, you guys, just so the people know, you guys did, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you did a book launch, a Facebook live book launch with marathon interviews of the contributors to the book correct is that how you would maybe you had a fancier way of describing it no i would say we had a book launch there was a marathon day it was facebook live it was okay i interviewed i think it in a different order i I might have said it in a different order and i think i interviewed 50 contributors to the book there are 150 contributors to the book and in eight hours, you could only do so much. So I think I and interviewed So it was 50. an eight-hour It was okay. eight hours, yes. So when you sent me the invitation, well, let me, let's back up, because frankly, I think you hustled me, but it, it ended up working in my favor. So you, you had talked about it before, and I'm, you know, I'm busy. It's like I got my own stuff to keep up with. I can't even keep up with my own projects. The Lord knows I can't keep up with yours. So I sort of in the back of my head knew that you were doing this Facebook thing or whatever. Okay, fine. As it gets closer, I'm sure she'll mention it again, and then I'll, I'll be sure to chime in. Well, the day before, you sent a, a text message, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be interviewing Marla Gibbs. Yes. And I'm like, from the Jeffersons, moving on yes. up, Marla Gibbs, uh, Florence <laughs> yes. Marla Gibbs. Oh my gosh, that's that's so cool. So really, all I had in my mind was that you were going to interview Marla Gibbs at nine o'clock. 
So I was like, so I'd set my alarm for 855 because I want to be sure to be there with, you know, bells on. Got to support you. Got to hear her. Got to, yeah, I just thought, oh my God, that's cool. My sister's interviewing Marla Gibbs. So 855, I tune in. At some point, your mother, well, our mother, contacts me, Billy, for all of you, because she was on. She's a grown-ass woman, just saying. So Billy was, she sent me a text. She's like, I can't get in. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, it starts at 9 o'clock. Maybe there's nothing to log on to. Just be patient. If you can't get in at 9 o'clock, call me back and, you know, well, I will figure it out. Anyway, so I tune in. So I'm on, ready to go, 9 o'clock. You and what's the name of the... The, the man's name that wrote the book? The, Steve the, Sambliss. Steve, Steve Sambliss. Sambliss. He's yeah, the, the sure. founder and creator of One Habit. Yes. Okay. I got to make sure I get the names right. No. <laughs> yes. So you and Steve are having this conversation and it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. So I, I you know, all hats off to Steve Sambliss. But you and he were talking a little rapport going on and then he goes off somewhere in the green in the back somewhere wherever he goes there's a there's a virtual green room yes okay so he's in the background most of the day (laughs) he came in and out okay so then somebody comes on and with all due respect to all the everybody I thought was amazing and I'm going to get to that in just a moment but with all due respect to everybody I'm like well who is this that's not Marla so then the next person comes on who is this that's not Marla so every, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes, a new person is coming on. And I'm like, I got work to do. Where's Marla? I, you know, it's like, I don't have all day to sit here. I'm thinking that this is going to be like an hour long interview with Marla or a 30 minute interview with Marla or Ms. Gibbs, I should say. And then the next thing I know, we're into the eighth person, 10th person, 15th. But I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. This child has got me watching this thing. I'm over here texting you. I'm like, where is Marla? You don't respond, obviously, because you're in the middle. I'm working. <laughs> so, so, but because I had to work, I, I, it's like, you know what, Greer, just put this in the background. It's just, it's in the background. Do your work. So I'm doing my work because I got work to do. And when you hear Marla Gibbs, you can tune back. And in, when right? I hear Marla Gibbs, I'll, but, but apparently I was more tuned in than I thought. Each person I'm listening and everybody is given their habit, right? They're talking about a good habit. I think some talked about a bad habit and, you know, they were talking about who they are and what they do and what the, you know, what the projects are and all that, but they kept putting these habits out. And at a certain point, I noted not so much a recurring theme, but obviously good habits or habits, good habits are good to hear and you hear them and some resonate with you which i think right. is the entire principle the of the book of you've the got book. hundreds right. of of habits it's not like sit down and read this book like it's a novel it's pick up the book and if something resonates with you act on it do the thing and then in time it'll be a new right. habit a new right. habit and supplant bad habits or you can consciously choose to get rid of bad habits So anyway, I say all that to say, (laughs) at some point, it just, I don't know, I don't even remember who it was who was speaking at the time, but somebody said something that just triggered in me because the the sort of theme was, you know, take a chance or, uh, you know, never give up or, you know, let somebody else tell you no or whatever, you know, those kinds of things. And they expounded on them, obviously. 
but something just triggered in me. So I literally stopped dead in my tracks. I sent a, a message, a direct message to somebody on Twitter who follows me, who I follow, we follow each other. And I reached out to this person because, and I, I literally, what I wrote in my message was, I'm not gonna say who the person is, but what I wrote was, I am reaching out to you right now because I am listening to this Facebook live book launch <laughs> marathon thing. And somebody just said, you know, blah, blah. And it inspired me in this moment to reach out to you right now. And this person responded to me in like two minutes. In real time as well. In real right? time. And I was like, and it's so funny because I'm sitting there like, oh my God, holy crap, man. She's like, she, now I said it was a she. Say, I'm going to mess up and reveal who it is. So I'm like, I oh my God. I won't let you do that. I won't let you do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit the, can we edit that? Do we have an edit button? We can um, edit that out if you say it. buzzer or something to buzz ourselves. So anyway, and then it was like, so we ended up having this brief conversation about you know, reaching out and what I'm doing and what this person, what she's doing. And we were back and forth and back and forth. And then at some point I was just like, well, maybe someday I can, you know, you, I, I'm doing this podcast, my podcast, Capital G, the Capital G podcast. I said, I also co-host the podcast with my sister called Life Lemons and Lemon Drops. And maybe, you know, someday you'd be a guest. And she was like, okay, when? And I was like, oh, what, huh, what? And, I, you know, it was like the most, I can't even describe the euphoria that I felt that it was like, oh my God, she, she said yes. And, um, you know, so that was, so we had a little bit of back and forth and I was like, okay, well, let's talk. How about next week? I was like, you know, Greer, close the deal, get in and get out. Right. Close that right. deal. And I was like, how about next week? And we can do a follow-up show after the presidential debate, which is on Thursday and we'll do something on Friday. And she's like, okay. So I, I say all that to say the habits that are in the book, you know, one habit for entrepreneurial success can work, you know, if you. And you haven't even read the book yet or I haven't a even habit. Read the, you haven't even read a habit in the book, which I is, even read which a is habit awesome. In the book. I, did, I have read habits in the other, in another one habit in the series. Right. Right. Okay. So, but in this particular book, this, I had right. not. And I think that the, the habit was something it's along the line action. of this was like taking, taking action. It was take, was it taking action? Or I, I, think I think it was, it was take, like, I think it was let somebody else tell you no. Don't tell yourself no. Somebody and probably if that wasn't, said that. And if that wasn't somebody's, then that's mine for the next book. You can absolutely, you can absolutely. Sam, listen, it's like, I have a habit for the next book. Which you is, will, well, you will definitely, you. you are definitely contributing to a book. One, I'm going to be, um, co-author of a book that we plan to release in January. And so as soon as the call for speakers goes out, obviously you will get an invitation to that. Yay. But I think the recurring theme was taking action because the majority of the contributors to the book, and I, I, we might as well full launch into what this episode is about, is about, well. is about habits taking, you know, incorporating habits. We'll talk about 
how to take habits, why, why you have habits. Habits actually are created automatically as well as intentionally. So you can um, create your own habits. You can change habits that you have that you don't want. But the, the recurring theme there was that the co-author of this particular book is um, Forbes Riley, and she has a whole tribe. And the way this that particular book came about was her reaching out to her tribe. She gave them like 24 hours to be a part of this book. And this miracle of 50 people all took action, like the same way you took action and were inspired mm -hmm. on Friday to call or interact with this person that you invited to be on your podcast. The people that are in her tribe, when they had the opportunity to contribute to the book, had that same moment, do I or don't I, right? And a lot of times we don't take action on things for out of fear, out of, you know, concern, whatever, you know, thoughts or worries are in our head, the inner critic telling us how much we're not ready, we're not good enough, you know, all these things. And so, you know, the, the bottom line is you can have the habit of being, of taking action quickly. You can have a habit of not taking action quickly. You can have the habit of being a procrastinator. And I have um, before contributed to any of the one habit books. And as of today, I have officially contributed to three, all of which are best-selling books. I have already written my contribution to two more. Uh, one of which is my own. And so you can have the habit of just about anything you want. And so before I made my first habit contribution, I wrote an article for the docket um, when I wrote for the Association of Corporate Counsel called Identity Versus Habits. And the concept there was that we have the choice of seeing things as a part of who we are or a habit that we have. And when we see behaviors, thoughts as a habit, as opposed, as opposed to part of our identity, it actually makes it easier for us to change those things. So. For instance, and what I wrote about in the article was being a procrastinator. If you walk around saying that you're a procrastinator, you take that on as an identity. That is part of who you see yourself as. And you go around telling the whole world you're a procrastinator. You're reinforcing that behavior because your brain doesn't know the difference between whether you are a procrastinator or you are not and the defense mechanism that you have inside of you um, wants to prove that what you say about you is true. You're also making it a part of your identity. You make it a part of your identity and it doesn't want to, to prove you habit. wrong. It, doesn't, you, yeah. it does not want to prove you wrong. So instead of it being a habit, and I choose not to say bad habit, good habit, but habits that serve you, habits that don't serve you. So if procrastination serves you, and in some instances it may, but if procrastination serves you, 
then continue with that as a habit. <laughs> if procrastination doesn't serve you, and for most of us, it doesn't, it keeps us from taking action on things we want to do. If it doesn't serve you, then what you want to do is replace that habit with another habit. And the science says that you don't just get rid of a habit, you actually have to replace the habit with something else in order for it to stick and go away long-term, which is well, why people have a difficult time making changes. I've always associated with the worm and if in the bottle of a tequila, the bottom of a tequila <laughs> well, bottle. That one what, too. what do you mean you identify if a, with the if worm? If the early bird catches the worm, <laughs> then it doesn't pay to be the early worm. It may pay to be the late worm, right? So it's like, uh, yeah, oh, being there goodness. early, being the early bird is, it's like, yeah, you were there first, but yeah, you know, that's not always all it's cracked up to be. And if you were the worm, I bet the one that slept in was like, you know what? I tell you what, y'all. Well, you're at bird feed. I'm I'm just sliding on out round about noon. So instead of that at six a.m. That analogy works well <laughs> if there's only one worm, right? The early bird does catch the worm if it's the only worm, and it's an early worm, but that's probably not the case for most things that it's the only one the only opportunity and whatnot well, but probably the bottom line, if there's only one bird if there's only one bird then you just don't want to be the first worm you can still be early you don't want to be the i first think one. it doesn't matter if you're the early worm or a late worm if you are the worm that's there when the bird shows up <laughs> <laughs> you're sol as the worm if there is only one worm and lots of birds and you are not the bird that gets the worm it, the rest of the birds are sol so it depends on your perspective as most things in life do and so it becomes a matter of figuring out what behaviors serve you and one of the things that is really important to know and then i want to talk about some examples, some stories that we have of habits that have served or not served and changing them. Um, but we, the, the bottom line and a theme throughout probably everything I'm gonna say for episode after episode is that we have more efficacy over our lives than we think. And when it comes to habits, that's definitely true. So first mm -hmm. of all, the habit, a habit isn't a habit. Habits just start off as behaviors, right? They're just behaviors. They're thoughts. They're things we do, things we decide, and they are patterns. They are patterns of the way we beha behave that things in life trigger us. And we do the same thing over and over again because of that trigger. Once you recognize that that's the case, you then have the option of making a decision about whether that works for you or not. So for instance, I was, I will say this, I will own this for a really long time, particularly in my last job, I was a complainer. I complained a lot. I complained to anyone who would listen I complained to people who didn't want to, <laughs> people who didn't want to listen. 
And at some point I realized it was irritating. I don't think anyone ever really said anything to me, but it, it was irritating. And when I look back over that behavior, it was something that I had to make a decision about. And I stopped complaining as much, right? And it, because it's, as you are changing your behaviors, you can go days and days, you could go weeks, and then something will happen and trigger and there you are again. And that's one of the things that is important to recognize is that you can be, it's, it's not linear. The, the progress is not linear. It is, if you're lucky, you know, sort of a stair step and the stairs are uniform and you get to where you're going. More likely than not, it's um, not repetitive. It is not regular. It's not routine. It is jagged. It's up and down. It may be twists and turns, and you may end up going backwards more than you're going forward in the beginning because you are having to stop and break the habit. You have to break the chain. And so I was thinking about this. One of the things that Tony Robbins does when you're at an event, um, UPW or the uh, Unleash the Power Within is that we go through this exercise that is about breaking these patterns and ultimately the patterns that create the habits. And he has you do something specific that calls attention to when you are heading down a path that you don't want to do, which is to stick your finger in your nose. Now, it could do that at the event. I don't do that in real life. <laughs> I don't do that in real life because I, I mean, have, you have got, to dig it all the way up. You don't have to just, dig it in, but just, you just stick just it. You just stick thing. it in. Yes. Okay, it's to break okay. up. It's, it's so that it breaks a pattern. Okay. You recognize that you're going and you stick your finger in your nose. You could slap yourself on the face. You could pinch yourself. You could do anything that gets your attention and say, oh, I'm doing this. I need to stop. Right. Okay. You've seen people who snap rubber bands on their wrists. It's just a physical manifestation of something that reminds you that you need to do something different. His particular thing is sticking your, because it's funny and it breaks the pattern. It breaks the chain. So you could do it funny. You could do it pain. Other people would say, um, particularly if you have a voice in your head, your inner critic, and you hear the voice in your head taking you down a path and you're spiraling, um, talking about fear or how you're not good enough at something, to give that voice a funny, a funny accent or a, a a foreign accent or something yeah. that makes you laugh that okay. just or you give them a name and it's it. like oh Pedro's talking to me now or yes. whatever or Gertrude okay. right you got Gertrude and Gertrude talks like this all right in your head because <laughs> you're not listening to that the, the point is you're not listening to someone who has that voice talking to you right? Uh -huh. In your head, it's you, it's your voice saying, you know what, you're not good enough. You, you, you're not a writer. You can't write. No one wants to read what you're writing. But if the voice is like, you cannot write. You are a bad writer, right? Or something like that. And you're like, I'm not listening to, I'm not listening to that. 
and so it seriously is it just about breaking the habit, the pattern, and then substituting with something else. And so that becomes how you move in a different direction. The science is out. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest about this. You've heard it takes 21 days to build a habit. I've heard it takes three cycles of 21 days, which is 63 days, which is basically two months, right? And so whatever it is, the bottom line is when you fall off, you have to, at the earliest point in which you realize that you are not doing what you're changing to do is to get right back on. You don't wait till Monday. You don't wait till Sunday. You don't wait till tomorrow even right? And we can take food as an example. It's something that has, I will own, been a struggle um, for me, particularly as it relates to desserts and things like that. And in the past, I have had the habit of going back to the job, having a bad day at work, complaining about it, going home, stopping on the way home, picking up whatever, cookies, ice cream, whatever the drug of choice was that particular day, coming home, having some, and then making a habit out of finishing it because I didn't want it around, right? And, and that was happening frequently for me because of what I was feeling in my job. And when I got to a point where I broke the habit about complaining, and I wasn't perfect at it, but I made a conscious choice that I wasn't going to spend every day complaining about the job. And it became less and less until I left, <laughs> I left the job. And I was like, did and now, you break the habit of going to that job? Every I day? did break the habit of going <laughs> to that job. That you can break. And now I, mean, I have the habit. I mean, was that a 21 day? Did that take you 21 days? It took, I can, of... I can guarantee it took more than three cycles of 21 days, but I have the habit now of no, loving, once you, loving once you my broke, job. Once you left oh, the job. Oh, yes. Did yes. it take you 63 days to break that habit? Or were no. you like, okay, done. No. <laughs> that was an easy habit to break. <laughs> that, that, no, the actual leaving the job part became easy, but certainly getting to a point where I was not complaining every day. Uh, and it took some time, some, you know, they would go, I would go days or weeks and wouldn't say anything. And then, you know, I would, something would happen and I would get in, I, I would start complaining and then I'd catch myself. I was like, there's no point in this, right? It's not serving me was the bottom line. So, and the same thing with the cakes and the cookies, it's not serving me. And if I'm going to have a habit we have the choice of having habits that serve or habits that don't. And so I think when we had Cheryl on, uh, Cheryl Meyer on the Health Muse, when we talked about, um, you know, food and our environments, you made, you, you made a, you asked a question. Now I can't think of the question. Never mind. I'll come back to it. Um, anyway, so what, like what having, kinds having of stuff in the house versus not having stuff in the house? Or <laughs> that, no, that's definitely, definitely habits and options. But let me ask this question. Do you have, do you, okay. Let me, let me ask this. How do you break a, a habit? So let's just say for the sake of arguments, you know, I have a habit when I have a down day, 
I have a habit of eating cookies. And once I start eating cookies, I don't stop till all the cookies are gone. Let's say that's your bad habit. Mm-hmm. And you want to break that habit. Do you break the habit by not buying the cookies and having them in the house? Or do you break the habit by having the cookies in the house and eating only one cookie and not finishing the pack? Or do you have, break the habit by having the cookies in the house, withstanding the temptation and moving on without eating any of the cookies? I think the first thing you do is whatever you need to do to set yourself up for success. The best thing you can do to set yourself up for success. So in that instance, the first place to start, and it may take all of those, it may take those and some other behaviors to actually get there. But the first place to start would be not to have them in the house, right? You but, the can't, point, but the point is, have you broken me, a habit? Let me, let me well, let's, the moment let's they work around, our way. Let's okay. work our way through it. Let's work okay. our way through it. So you start with not having them in the house. If you don't have them in the house, going back to the conversation with Cheryl about sugar and the things that we know about sugar and some other addictive foods is if you can go 21 days, three cycles of 21 days or longer and break your sugar addiction, they're probably it probably will be possible for you to have cookies in the house without having a voracious appetite and just eating of them until they're all gone. So you can start there, but let's say you do that. One day you have, for whatever reason, you have cupcake at the office or donut at the office. You've gone months without having sweets. Your sugar addiction sort of is gone. You think you're okay. You have a donut at the office and it sends you spiraling. And on your way home, you pick up a packet of cookies, right? So at the moment that you are about to buy the cookies is the moment where you stick your finger up your nose or you have the funny voice in your head to make the connection to break that pattern of when you're feeling some particular way, responding, having that trigger have you respond in a particular way. And that's what you, it's not about the cookies, it's about responding differently to the trigger. So if the trigger is having a bad day or having a donut or a cookie, and then it sends you spiraling, as soon as you recognize that that's what's happening, you have to do something to break that pattern, call attention to it, break it, and then make a conscious choice in that moment. So then so, my question is sort of, now that that uh, process that you just went through, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I recognize there's a trigger, there's a this, there's the opportunity. I used the voice in my head, I did the thing. I, you know, whatever it is that you've got to do that you just walked through. Do you now have to do that, that process 21 times? You I mean, have to do that every years. time. Okay, so the, 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 the habit breaking it's not that you went 21 days without eating a cookie. Not a habit it's breaking. that you had 21 opportunities to eat the cookies when you shouldn't have eaten them. So breaking the habit is probably going to be different in that respect than building a habit, right? So you can okay. build a habit of working out by working out 21 days in a row, 63 days in a row, 100 days in a row. You'll get to a point where not working out your body is saying, ooh, I miss working out. I want to work out. 
And working out could be walking around the block, exercising, moving, right? So building a habit is probably easier and connected to the, whether it's 21 days or 63 days or 192 days, whatever it is, or however long it ultimately takes you. So the science could say 21, maybe for you, it takes 44. I don't know. You do it until you don't have to think about it. And the difference is the habit becomes about, it's a habit when you're doing it automatically, when you're not thinking about it. So as long as you're thinking about it, you're in the habit building process. As it relates to the breaking habit and being conscious about the behaviors that you're doing and the choices that you're making, taking this, this obsessive cookie theme, um, since you're picking on me, um, this obsessive cookie thing is that no, because you're not going to go to the store 21 days in a row and say, I'm not buying cookies today. Or maybe you do. <laughs> maybe you go in <laughs> for 21 days and you go, I want cookies. And you, and you put yourself to the test and you go, you know what? I'm not buying cookies today. And you turn around and walk out and do something else. I have done that and have made a choice to go in a different way and purchase um, kale. use bars, yeah, well, okay. kale for smoothies, but and letting something else satisfy that sweet tooth, something that's healthier, making a different choice, which is why I was saying when you're breaking habits, you have to replace it with something. So you could replace it with having a glass of water. Maybe that will take care of it. Maybe a walk around the block will take care of it. Maybe it really is something sweet that you want. And so have a piece of fruit, have a juice bar. And if all that fails and you still have just got to have a cookie, I say go somewhere and buy the best freaking fresh cookie you can get your hands on. A One single cookie. cookie, yeah. One cookie, you know, go to a bakery and make and buy one really good cookie and then savor it. Enjoy each and every bite and make the habit be that. If you're gonna have it, make it good and enjoy it. Fair enough. So I, you know, of course I don't have any bad habits. You never have. I, I, I've, I've never had bad habits. I only have- Including cookie, including cookies <laughs> as a kid from Cookie Gate. <laughs> yeah, Cookie, we'll have to tell our guests, our, our listeners about Cookie Gate one day, because that was a, a hot mess. But you know what, sweets are not my thing. You know, I happen to be a savory girl. I'm a potato chip, you know, French fry, vodka, you know, martini, <laughs> martini <laughs> girl. So, you know, for me, it always goes back to the blue cheese stuffed olives and the, you know, and a martini. And, um, but the good thing is, you, you know what, let me, I, I'll talk about my little martini habit. So a few year, years ago, you know, I don't know, I think Donovan was 10 or something like that. And I had gained a little bit of weight. I don't know, five pounds, 10 pounds or something. And I was like, I just don't know why I'm gaining weight. <laughs> And, you know, and I would go to the store, you know, to the, uh, at the time I shopped at Safeway and Safeway had an olive bar and I would go in and they had the blue cheese stuffed olives. So I'd go in and get some olives. So I always had olives in the house. Every time I went grocery shopping, I'd buy olives. 
So I could always make a whip a martini up. But I didn't, I didn't drink that much. I mean, I might make one, but it tended to be more of a habit I learned at, at a certain point. It was like, I just, it was just like a thing that I and did. And you came home at the end of the day and just had a martini. Yeah, or maybe yeah. more like the end of the week. I, it's not, I wouldn't sit around drinking every day, but yeah, I would come home and I'd make a martini and pop the olives and, you know, and have a martini. And one day we were in the store, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know why I'm gaining weight. And he says, it might be the olives, mom. <laughs> I was like, you know, <laughs> you're a little brat. Might be the olives, mom. And so I went to the store and I looked at the serving, uh, you know, the nutritional information. information. Mm -hmm. And one olive was six grams of fat. So, and I would put like, I don't know, three olives in a martini. And that's the and, olive... And Sons, and I might have two more. And I might have no. That's with the cheese. With the cheese, but might, okay. But I might have two martinis. So that's like six olives. So that's whatever thirty-six grams of fat, just from two drinks on a Friday evening, and I haven't gotten to dinner or lunch or right, tomorrow right. or whatever, right? So at some point, I was like, you know, maybe what I need to do one is cut down on <laughs> on the olives. So go to one olive, and then. At some point I realized it was neither, and this is sort of the bad habit sort of building thing. It wasn't, it wasn't the uh, martini, right? Nope. It wasn't it's the martini the that I wanted. It wasn't the vodka. It, it wasn't the vodka. It was the olives that I wanted. And it's like, okay, well maybe there's a different way. Don't do the blue cheese stuff and just do a regular thing or do a little tapenade on or whatever. But that was a, a conscientious way that I broke a habit. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that's yes. what it was. It was like, oh, and I and I went from, I don't know, a couple of martinis a week to, you know, one every second month or something. And that's like a that. really good point about yeah. things that we do habitually. that are well, habitually. Not, not just yeah. habitually, not just habitually, but anything we do, whether it's, you know, random, sporadic or whatever, whatever that we do that isn't serving us generally it is something we're getting something out of it that could be accomplished another way right so you said you have a thing about savory things so maybe there's something about the olive and the blue cheese it wasn't really about the martini it was about the olive and the blue cheese but there was something else you could have done about the olives and the blue cheese and you didn't need nine every day. Maybe if you just had it without the martini or without the vodka and really took it and savored the one yeah. olive, that it would have satisfied whatever it is you were trying to satisfy. And, and, and that's one of those things about behavior that we have to keep in mind. It is often we are doing something that is not serving us that could be accomplished whatever we're trying to get out of that yeah. behavior can be accomplished in another way and if we take the time to stop and be self-aware we can actually ask the questions that get us to a place to help us understand what that is and if it is in fact a habit we can work on breaking that habit. so one of the habits that i um 
and this is more of a, it's sort of a business habit. I use it in my personal life, but it's sort of a business habit is I don't tend to be very good with names. I know a lot of people have that as an issue. Mm, mm-hmm. And, you know, you go to an event or you meet someone and then you're, you know, you're like, oh, hi, Whitney, my name is Greer and, you know, whatever, and we're talking. And then somebody else comes in and I can't remember your name to save my life. In part, I, I, you know, I'm sure psychologists would say it's because I didn't care enough to remember it or whatever. It's less that I didn't care, but more that I didn't do some steps to commit it to memory, right? So that's a habit. Mm -hmm. It's like, I need to find a formula or a way to learn people's names, remember their names, follow up with their names. So, you know, when I meet someone, I try to, I make sure I say their name out loud. So if it's like, hi, you know, my name is Greer. And you say, well, uh, hi, I'm Whitney. Hi, I'm Whitney. Whitney. How are you, Whitney? <laughs> you know, or at some other point, it's like, well, Whitney, you know, blah, 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 blah. And if somebody else, in, in, you know, enters the conversation, oh, Joe, this is Whitney. We just met and yada, yada. But that way, yes. as I repeat the name, I'm, I'm visualizing it. I may even say, you know, some, you know, some people will use uh, a mnemonic or something, a mnemonic or something like that. So witty, witty, wit, witty, Whitney or whatever. I may ask people, especially if they have an unusual name, I try to spell their name, even if it's not unusual. You know, maybe their name is um, Brian. Well, is that with an I or a Y or Dwayne? Is that with a U or a W or Whitney? Is that W-H-I-T-N-I-E or E-Y? Which, by the way, is a pet peeve of mine. People who, <laughs> who don't, let me just say this. This is just totally off, uh, off. off, 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 off topic. But, you know, and I, I look at yours. Mine is, I, I have less, my name is Greer. I mean, it's so unusual. I don't even think people try. You know, they spell it. They say it any old way. They say it, and I just don't care. Um, but I have seen so many people write your name on your like Facebook feed and your Facebook feed, you've spelled, you spelled your name correctly. Yes. Right? Go figure. You spelled it N-I-E. And I, if I had a dollar for every time I saw somebody spell it N-E-Y as like Whitney Houston, I would have a lot of dollars. I guess you would want them. I guess I you would want, want them because because you earn them. Yes. So, but yes. it's it's like it's just one of those things. It is a habit. It can be a good habit that you learn that you take the time to learn somebody, learn their name. I always ask if I'm at a restaurant. I ask my server or bartenders or whatever. You know, what what's your name? I don't want to say hey hey you waiter, you know, garçon, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, all of those things. And I think generally, it it makes our experiences, our shared experiences in the world in which we operate more positive and, um, you know, and just a a nicer place to be and more productive. And people want to help people who took the time to learn their name and know who they are. So I'm I'm done with that little tangent, but but it does (laughs) fall into the good habit. No, that is bad habit filled. That is definitely something that I think people need to pay closer attention to and, and, and actually build that as a habit. 
there's nothing sweeter to people than you caring enough to get their name right. And, you know, I, I tend to allow, I guess, some situations for it to pass because you can type something and spell check or, you know, I've written stuff on Facebook and I know I did something in a particular way. And when I go back and look at it, it's like, that is not at all what I wrote. And I get sometimes you type something, whether it's on the computer or on your phone and it, your spell check takes it in a whole other direction. So I tend to let that go, but I am not a fan of people who don't get my name right. Uh, and, and even less so in customer service situations where you submit a form, they have the information and then somehow it comes back to you. You get mail, a bill or something like that and it's spelled wrong. It's like, I don't even know how that happened when I provided that for you. So, you know, we wanna wrap this episode up again. Um, habits are, or something that happens, right? You can have habits that are automatic. There are ways that you just naturally behave when under certain situations, under certain triggers, and your brain is designed to simplify your actions, the way you approach things. So it looks for shortcuts. And really that's all habits are. They're shortcuts to getting to a particular outcome. At the same time, you can build habits or create habits. And when you are doing that intentionally, you have to stop and think about what it is you're doing and how you're doing it. And then know that as you are building the habit, particularly if you are changing from a habit that you don't want to have, that it may not be a straight line. It may not be linear. You may have to take steps backwards in order to move forwards and you have to be okay with that. So what, it, what I hear you saying then is that don't focus on the habit, focus on the outcome that you desire. So in using your example of procrastination, the, the focus shouldn't be on being late or being early so much as being on time. <laughs> I mean, so much as, as, I, <laughs> as I want to- Well, being on time, person. being on time or not on time, it's not the same thing as procrastination. But if you are okay. always late because you're procrastinating getting done things that you need to get done in order to be on time, they can be intertwined, right? Okay. So procrastination so, so is procrastination. about- So being late. Let's say being late. Yes, or not so being if you're, on time. So if you, want to, if you want to develop the habit of being 10 minutes early, just so you have time to get somewhere, to take a deep breath, to walk in, whatever. So right. I want to be wherever I want to be 10 minutes early. The focus shouldn't be on driving, being on time or fast or slow. The focus should be on being where you need to be 
rested, calm, and prepared to go. And how do I need to do that? Well, I need to be on time. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that could, I think for each person, what you focus on could be different, right? But in order to be on time, you need to stop and think about, and for each time, each day you need to be on time somewhere, what you need to do to be on time that particular day or that particular event is different than it is some other day, right? Some mm -hmm. days are pretty much the same. In order to be on time for work, you got to get up at a particular time. You need to get up, get dressed, brush your teeth, you know, do your morning routine, your constitutional coffee, whatever it is that you need to do, you need to make sure you have planned enough time in order to do that, which includes not procrastinating on any one of those particular things okay. so that you can do them in a timely fashion so that you can be out the door. So in order to get to work on time, I need to be out of my house, you know, assuming that there's no traffic and I can flow through or with traffic, it takes this long amount of time. In order to be at work at nine o'clock, I need to leave my house by eight o'clock. Leaving your house daily at 820 is never going to get you to work on time unless you learn to teleport. So in order to do that, you have to think about the steps that go along with that. And that's where your habits become a part of this. As, as well as the habit of being on time, the many habits, the many actions, your many goals that lead up to the larger goal. So it, it, it's not as simple as just saying, you know, I want to be on time. I want to, you know, lose 20 pounds. There are always steps that go along with it. And the building of habits is something that requires you to look at all the steps along the way. There may be things that you can pull out of there that help expedite, but you have to be willing to be self-aware, self-reflective, introspective, understand why you do the things that you do, and then make conscious choices every step of the way to do the things that lead you to where you're trying to go. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right, so um, we will put in the show notes the resources that have been um, talked about today, the One Habit books that are currently in print. I will also um, post the link for the article Identity Versus Habits, and we would love to hear from you about habits that you have, maybe success that you've had and breaking some habits that you have not wanted. So um, Greer's got another thought, always. Well, I, she has I a habit. Have, she I has a habit, habit of, of having have, one last thought. One last thought, yes ma'am. Um, no, it's, well, this is a habit that I hope everybody has. Um, and, I, and so I started at the beginning of the show, I said, you know, I was talking about what I did this weekend and I did something with my son so this is a habit that we want to build. So uh, my son is away at college. He's not here with me physically, um, but his voting material came to our house because this is normally where he lives and he's registered voter in California. So he, and he's now over 18. So he got his, his first, he got to do his first election, his first vote. 
So we talked, we actually did a, a, a Zoom call and we went over the ballot and we did all the stuff, but it was that, you know, this is a process. You get your materials, you review your materials, you decide who, what, what and who you're gonna vote for. You fill out the form, you do the thing, you mail it in, you do what you need to do in order to uh, make voting at every opportunity a habit. So it's something you just do automatically because it's a right that you have. It is your fundamental right as an American citizen. And so we started off that on a positive note. He did it, he got it off into the mail and he'll be here in time to see who wins. <laughs> so that That's was- awesome. that was Well, a, congratulations a, on that first experience. And um, I hope he is proud of his now participation in the American political process and you as a proud mom of a son who is taking his vote seriously. Yes. So it's a good habit to build. Hopefully everybody has that habit. And if you don't, unlearn the bad habit of not voting and learn a new habit of voting. There you go. Have a great rest of your day and thank you for listening to Life Lemons and Lemon Drops. Thanks for joining us for Life Lemons and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 